We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in uh, New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And together we represent Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. Yes, yes we do. And we're re-energized. I see, I saw your picture on Facebook. You finally got some of that good old Ted Drew's ice cream and everything. And Yes, everything is right with the world again, John. Um, one of our... <laughs> One of our members said uh, this past weekend, Pastor, it looks like you've, you've lost a little weight. And I told him, well, Tedra's has been closed for a month, so that might have something to do with it. But we were we were there on opening day. I, I saw that. Yeah. I saw the picture. I did think it was a little extreme, though, that you were rubbing it all over your body. <laughs> I was, it was delirious. I, it, it was the hot fudge. It overwhelmed me. <laughs> This year, though, my wife, Lisa, she said, can you wait for me this year? Because last oh, really? year, opening day, I was I was one of the first in line. I <laughs> got a free right? magnet. Uh, so then, so then, of course, the Lisa and the kids, they wanted to go. So I had to go twice last oh, year. Oh, oh so what a sacrifice you made. But this year, you just waited until they were available and That's you all right. went together. That's right. So you literally, last year, you went and hung out at the very opening <laughs> all by yourself. That's right. There's something about eat, eating Ted Drew's alone. I yeah. think that is a dangerous sign, man. I'm In sorry. In mid-February when it's 10 degrees outside. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. But we were leaving the, the, the parking lot at Ted Drew's, and, and here is, is one of our elders at Ascension coming to Ted Drew's on right? opening day as well. Oh, My kind of cool. guy. There so you go. Rich was there, too, at Ted Drew's. He was, I think, more giddy than I was over it, so uh, it's good to see. Uh, shoot. So what do you want to do today, Matt? You, you said you wanted to talk about something that actually probably came up in the church a few weeks ago, but I think it's always worth talking about. Yeah, th- this is something that's, I, I think it's sort of interesting in the church here. It's kind of this last hurrah before Lent. So yep, yep. we recently had Ash Wednesday, and we're in this uh, season of Lent where we're focused on repentance, right? Uh, but before that, we have this this time where our churches are draped in, in white again, and our altars and our stoles, the pyramids are all white. It's a day of celebration. It's not Easter, it's not Christmas, it's it's transfiguration. So what's the deal with the transfiguration? Why is that something that's worth celebrating? And, and it's interesting, even in the, the one-year lectionary that we're doing now, the historic one-year lectionary, by the way, the way the church <laughs> did it for years yeah, until yeah, in the yeah. 60s, you hippies decided <laughs> to do it differently. I wasn't even alive in the 60s, John. (laughs) But but that tradition was there, too, although we came earlier because we got these Jesima Sundays, these kind of pre-Lenten Sundays and everything. So apparently it's been a very important thing in the church for a very, very long time. Go ahead. And I think rightly so, because I, I think that we, we kind of scratch our heads. Okay, wh- why is the transfiguration important? Why is it something we're celebrating? <laughs> well, of course you're scratching and, your head. You got yeah. hot chocolate I know, all I got, <laughs> But that's fun. I'm starting to break out in a rash. <laughs> so, <anyway. laughs> 
So it, it, it is important. And I, I want to talk a little bit about why do we need the transfiguration? Because okay. we need it. Um, and, and so did so did Jesus decide. Yeah, that's like a good point. Too. Why do we need the transfiguration? Yeah. 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 So, so, so I, where do you want to well, go? I'm going to start off by, by uh, talking about... <laughs> Something you'll think is totally unrelated and give me a hard time, but that's all right. No, that's all right. I'm I'm game. That transfiguration, but those in the the, the 1980s as I was growing up as Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark, the young man that I am. Kind of still am. Uh, Transformers were the hot toy. Transformers, robots in disguise. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, robots My in disguise. And I think the other tagline was "more than meets the eyes." Oh, there you kind go. Of rhymes with yep, it. So, yeah. So you have these these little toys that you you manipulate and change around, and then all of a sudden your 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 car turns into a robot, or your truck, or your motorcycle turns into a movies. cool robot. They made horrible movies. Well, they're still them. making the horrible yes, movies. So yeah. comic books. You got your Saturday morning cartoons. You got more movies than, than you can count because you got yeah. the official Transformer movies. Transformer Six, by the way, coming out next summer. <laughs> you can look forward to that. But they've got these offshoot movies too with the Transformer. Anyway, uh, so these these Transformers. But I think that that one of the ways I want to look at the the Transfiguration of Jesus is, is that tagline that you brought up. Not not that, not, not that he's, robots not that he's a robot in disguise. No 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 no. That's not it. But that second part. More than meets more the than eyes. Meets the eyes. There you go. <laughs> okay. So uh, there's more than meets the eyes to Jesus. And I think here at the Transfiguration, you get a glimpse at, at what what is there, who is there, other than just Jesus of Nazareth. Um, because that's what meets the eyes, right? When someone would look at Jesus, what what, what do yeah. their eyes see? Yeah, just an ordinary guy. Yeah, yeah. Like some guy in his early 30s uh, from that insignificant town of Nazareth. He appears to be, well, yeah, the, the, the son of Mary, but kind of looks to be the son of Joseph the carpenter, yeah. too. Yeah. I don't think anyone, just by looking at him, uh, would talk about, would think that he was ever the son of God and divine, right? Just no, from what no. they see with their eyes. In fact, e- even from the beginning, I, I mean, I, I know a lot of times the pictures have a halo around his head, but I doubt that. He was probably just some babe lying yeah, in a manger. Of course. The only thing unique was that he was lying in a manger, but other than that, he's just another babe. Yeah. You know, even Isaiah talks about how there's no uh, no majesty oh, yeah. or anything that would attract us to him. No, and, yeah, no. I tend to think he, uh, that what our eyes would see is just just a guy just on a, the just, surface. Just like you or me. Just, That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 yeah, except we probably so have more, more hair than. That's what I was gonna uh, say. Yeah, I was gonna it. say more hair. Yeah, than but you. he'd be younger than you. So. <laughs> that's true. That's all evil God. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, enough time for foolishness, right? So, let's. Uh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to say it. <laughs> There's no time for foolishness. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Charlie Brown. So uh, with that, and with, with through that lens of more than meets the eyes, let's look at uh, the transfiguration. Uh, but where we looked at it uh, at Ascension most recently was from the Gospel of Mark. Mark okay. chapter 9, beginning with verse 2. Are you guys doing two. the year, Mark? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, so we got a lot of Mark. Well, okay, cool. you know, some Mark stuff here, and then, yeah, we, we've been, and, and uh, for Epiphany, we've been looking at First Corinthians a lot, too. But anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, and after six days, uh, why? What's that about? You have any idea? Six days? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 well, let's let's wait for that. Okay, all but right. I, I think that that's a great question because all of a sudden the account it begins in an odd way after six after days. six days. It's pretty rare that, that the gospels pick up with that, right? They they might say, well, going on to the next town or as you enter Capernaum or whatever. They they might say something, but this even gives us a time, uh, a time frame framework, yeah. that something pretty significant perhaps happened six days earlier. So let's, let's hold on to that okay. and come right. back to the six days. So after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John. Was, yeah. 
His favorites. He's always playing favorites. That Jesus. <laughs> I know. Uh, I talk about that. The same three favorites. guys, right? Same three guys. Uh, led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured, not transformed. This is not a transformer, but he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Want to stop there, or should I keep Oh, on? we can talk a little bit. So, okay. transfigured before them. Do you remember what the Greek word is there for transfigured? Uh, no. You know, there's another <laughs> related to the English word for change. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like like a butterfly deal. Yeah, like it? a metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, yeah, that's exactly. the word, yeah. So, yeah. It, it is this change, all right? Yeah. But yet, I, I think what's interesting, Jesus isn't changing He's not becoming something he wasn't already, you know. No, he, no. He, what he's changed, his appearance certainly is changing, obviously. Uh, but but he himself isn't changing. No, he, That's what the, he was all along. Exactly. As he comes up the mountain, he is Jesus, the man, and Jesus, the God, God, the Son. And he still is. But now with this change in appearance, right, this outward appearance. They can appearance, see that. They can see it. There's more yeah. than meets the eye. And now their eyes can see just a glimpse of that glory. And isn't it remarkable it changes his clothes, too? Isn't this? That's strange. I know, even it's very yeah. close. Wider than anyone can bleach them. Yeah. I think that's just a great, just this beautiful, vivid description. You know, you know, if they could get this in a bottle, we could make money on this. <laughs> did you watch the Super Bowl? No, I didn't watch okay. the Super Bowl. Well, did you watch the commercials? On I the didn't Super watch Bowl? the commercials. <laughs> but there's these. They have these a series of ads throughout the uh, the Super Bowl yeah. that it looked like a normal commercial for a a drug company or for a car dealership, yeah, and all of a sudden yeah. they say. Uh, this is a no. It's a Tide ad. So it's a Tide <laughs> detergent ad. Is that right? Yeah. So someone posted on Facebook the transfiguration. It's not a Tide. It's ad. not a Tide <laughs> ad. <Yes. laughs> oh boy. Okay. But that is interesting. That, that this vivid, uh, intensely white, dis- white description, whiter than anyone on Earth could possibly bleach them, because this isn't from Earth. This is this is a oh, heavenly yeah. thing, right? Yes. Yep. And even his his face itself uh, transfigured. Oh, it's just amazing. And not only that, but you got these two guys that show up from the Old Testament: Moses yeah. and Elijah. Uh, interesting. Uh, you want to keep going? I think we're on verse five. There. Okay. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I would be too. Yeah. Uh, but And and like, yeah, we, we all say stupid things because we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you it's, know, the, it's this show <laughs> right here. It's pretty much. Peter would have fit right, <laughs> right in on Rest of the Basics. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, you get the impression, you know, did Peter want to stay for a while? He likes the glory. You know, he wants to build these shelters. Well, maybe so. Or, you know, or maybe it's just as simple as he, he didn't know what to say. He's trying yeah, to say something. Yeah. Come up with yeah, It's Moses and Elijah right here. I got to come up with something good. And, and he comes up with, well, let's build three tents. One yeah. for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. You know, um, the thought isn't bad, though. The thought isn't bad because yeah. I, I would want to dwell. In fact, that's my plan. That's the program I've got that I'm going to dwell with the Lord Jesus Christ, not on a mountaintop, but in the heavens forever. Yeah, so it's not a, that, that's a good thought, actually. Yeah, don't we all want to live with Jesus forever? Sure. Yeah, yeah okay. you bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Peter likes this, and I guess rightly so, rightly so. But as we see, good job, Jesus does a job for them to do. Yeah. And he's just, well, we've got a job for us to do, but, too. But I don't want to be living in a tent forever. No. <laughs> I want a mansion. That's where I'm well, going. And that's, and that's what Jesus promises, right? That yeah. in his Father's yeah. house are many rooms. Isn't yeah. that beautiful? It's, it's not tent language. It's not tabernacle language. Uh, no, it's it's house, home, mansion language. It's beautiful. And, and, you know, that's interesting as you point that out because the language he uses, ironically, is 
temporary language. It, it's yeah. where you're just mm-hmm. there for a while. Mm-hmm. You, you don't live forever in a tent. You pick up a tent and you move someplace else. Yeah. So, okay. So we got, I, I think those words are significant from Peter, but I, I think what's interesting too is um, um, the beginning of verse five there, who does, what title does Peter use for Jesus? Rabbi. Rabbi. Which is a teacher. That's, no. a, that's not yeah. a bad title. No. I mean, a title no. of respect, but when you see the, the face of, of Jesus shining in glory, his clothes dazzling white, Moses and Elijah standing there, wouldn't you think he's more than just more a than rabbi, just the rabbi, you know? more than just Rabbi you know, Jesus, yeah, you know, kind yeah. of like you know, maybe my Lord, my God, you know, something that on those lines might be a little more yeah, appropriate. Yeah. Uh, but he just simply calls him Rabbi, teacher, which isn't wrong either. But it's kind of interesting the yeah, title he chooses yeah. to use. Uh, and certainly Moses and Elijah, you know, we don't want to underestimate their significance. We have uh, Moses representing the, the the law, and we have Elijah representing the prophets. The prophets, yeah, the entirety of the Old Testament. Yeah, right yeah. And yet the, the focus, as we'll see in the next verse, isn't on them at all. Instead, it's on the one who fulfills the law perfectly, right? And the one who is the fulfillment of what the prophets prophesied, especially concerning the Messiah. So the, the focus isn't on Moses and Elijah. It's not on Peter, or James, or John. The focus is going to be on on Jesus. And, and, you know, it's interesting, in one of the other Gospels, we're actually told what they're talking about, which is Jesus' yeah, exodus is yeah, the term that is used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and I love it. And I think it's Matthew's Gospel where Peter almost interrupts <laughs> their conversation <laughs> with his great idea to build hey, three hey, tents. Yeah, I got <laughs> Or Peter, eager Peter, and, and especially in light of the fact that they're talking about his exodus, which means no, he's not going to hang out on the mountain. Yeah, exodus means you're moving on. Well, that's you a got great point. Place else to go. Yeah, so Jesus' yeah. program is just the opposite of, of what, hanging out on the mountain, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Now Jesus has another mountain in mind, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, it's not yeah, the Transfiguration yeah. Mountain; it's uh, the Mount of uh, Calvary, Calvary, right? So the maybe the most significant part is still to come here where we have the Moses and Elijah and the dazzling white, but maybe the, the biggest sign of all um, is, is what's to come in verse seven. And a cloud overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. Yeah. That is received. Uh, but that, that voice from the cloud, same words that were spoken at Jesus' baptism, baptism from the yeah. same source, God the Father, proclaiming who he is. If there's any doubt, if the, is his face and his clothes, if that didn't give it away, well, I'm going to let you know who it is. <laughs> this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. This is the son of God, not just some rabbi. No, much, much more than that, Peter and the gang. Uh, this is my son. Uh, and then, you know, and then it's just Jesus only. I think that's interesting, too. Yeah, it's always touching. And, and really, that's, yeah. that's all yeah. you need, right? You don't, you don't need all the glory. You don't need uh, Moses and Elijah necessarily. Just Jesus. And, and it is because kind of, we kind of talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago with the idea that we can only see the backside of God. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and now we've got that same point. We, we want to see the glory. Uh, like Moses, we say, show us the glory. But the glory always leaves you frightened because the glory shows you for what you are, which you are a sinner who deserves nothing but God's wrath and punishment. Uh, the comfort only comes when you're with Jesus alone. Then, then, then there could be comfort. Yeah. But other than that, we're confused. We don't know what we're saying. Saying stupid things, really. Uh, but that's okay. In the end, we will be with Jesus and 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 Him alone. So yeah, yeah, Amen. Not just an attempt, but like you said, a permanent home. Yeah. yeah. So I, I heard the transfiguration important because you see who Jesus is, uh, who Jesus is at the transfiguration, who He is now, who He was before the foundation of the world. He's always been. Always will be the Son of God, God the Son, true God and true man. 
Now, I, I think one of the reasons it's important for us to know who Jesus is and for the Father to show us who Jesus is is because, you know, I, I talked about the Transformers and how as a kid you manipulate the, the toy to become a robot and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think we try to do that with Jesus sometimes too, don't we? <laughs> you know, that we try to change him, transform him into what we think Jesus should look like, what he should do, uh, how he relates to us, how we yep. relate to him, that sort of thing. And this is why I think that beginning of the the account is so important, six days later. All right, that's what I'm okay, waiting so for. Finally, What's the significance of the six days? Six days later. So let's go to the end of uh, Mark chapter 8. All right. Um, about six days later, so it seems this is what happens. Um, go ahead if you want to read verse uh, chapter 8, begin with verse 31. And he, that's Jesus, began to teach them that the Son of Man, oh wait, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. And he said this plainly, but Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Yeah. So so it seems six days or so earlier, yeah. uh, Jesus tells them pretty plainly he's going to suffer, he's going to die, and he's going to rise. Uh, but Peter... He's got another plan in mind for the Messiah. Oh, yeah. Right? He wants to transform, change Jesus and his agenda yeah. into something else, something that fits him. Right? Back to that glory thing again. Exactly. Yeah. Peter's in it for the glory at this point. This will never happen, right? Uh, Peter doesn't realize this is the very reason Jesus came. Yeah. yeah. And so Jesus says those famous words, get behind me, Satan. You're not setting your mind on the things of God. No, the things of man. You're trying to transform me, my mission, why I've come to fit your agenda to the things of man. Yeah. Not a good idea. And, and, you know, I think we do that with our own lives, too, because obviously the, the call of Christ is to take up your cross and follow him. But we, too, we, we want our lives to be about happiness and joy and everything working out just the way we want it to work out. And, of course, it does happen at times because God is a good God. He's a God that showers his blessings upon us. But that actually isn't the program. The program is we're going to get old and we're going to die. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, that's kind of a depressing thought. <laughs> yeah. But as a guy who's getting older, and and that's yeah, that that's that is the plan, that is the program. Uh, but of course, only because there'll be greater glories ahead that we could never ever have, as you said, on on this world. No, there's, the clothes would never ever get quite so bright and white here. No one on earth could do the kind of bleaching that Jesus Christ is going to do when we get to heaven. Yeah, so trying to transform not just Jesus, but transform Jesus' will for us. Yeah. Trying to you know, good point. Yeah. Um, I, I just the, the theme of trying to transform Jesus. I think that I think we try to do that all the time, though, and and we try to transform Jesus into manipulate him into whatever we want. Um, I think a lot of times maybe a, a kind of a genie in the bottle, a genie yep, for the yep. believer, right? That if we believe hard enough and if we work hard enough, uh, just maybe like that TV preacher tells us, then Jesus will give us blessings in this life, whatever we want, whatever we wish. Yep. And and no, that's that's not who Jesus is, right? Or I think, uh, boy, you know, on Facebook and social media, um, we try to put words into Jesus' mouth, transform him for, to fit our political views, ah, even right? Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, Jesus yeah. would have never voted for you know that just fill in the blank. <laughs> you know, take your take your pick, and as though Jesus is nothing more than just a political pundit or something. You know, to to win our <laughs> argument with someone. Uh, Jesus is on my side. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's That's hard right. to argue with that, right? Yeah, Jesus would vote like I voted, right? You know, you, you can't argue with that 
Yeah, you, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I was reading this thing that Luther was writing to uh, some of the leaders of his day when they were going to go to war against the uh, Turks. And, and Luther said, you know, the biggest danger is we're going to think that we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. And he said, no, 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 we, we're sinners too. No, no, we, we can't pray that God would give the victory to us because we're so innocent, but we can pray that God will give glory to his name. Yeah. 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 So same thing there. Yeah. We're yeah. trying to make Jesus fit our view of what's right and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just kind of like, I think it was Joshua, you're on our side or on their enemy yeah. side. And what about yeah. neither one? I'm head of the army of the Lord, right? You know, <laughs> That's and, right. Yeah. But I, I think, and the list goes on and on. Another, another example I thought of was just, uh, you know, sometimes in the college classrooms, I think, and I hear some of our youth telling me stories about this, that, that the professor tries to transform Jesus right there in the classroom, wow. right? Into just a, a guru or an enlightened teacher and, and certainly nothing more than that. Yep. You know, and, and all these things, we try to transform Jesus. And the transfiguration is important because it reminds us of who Jesus is, that he's more than meets the eye, that Jesus truly is more than just a political prop or some genie in a bottle or some guru. No, he is the son of God himself. Uh, we see that in the Mount of Transfiguration, and that's that's why it's worth celebrating. That's why it's worth acknowledging. Well, and I, and I think it's touching, though, that having established that he is the son of God uh, this is my son, listen to him. He immediately goes down the mountain and begins his journey to Jerusalem where he's going to yeah. suffer and die. And, and, and that's, that's what we have to talk about, too, is not just the words here at the Mount of Transfiguration, but the words in Mount Calvary. So I, ah, I think it's interesting. So okay, I'm, yep, I'm glad yep. we're doing Mark's Gospel because Mark's Gospel is the one where after everything takes place on Good Friday, after there's you know, Jesus' words from the cross and darkness and Jesus breathes his last, we have someone, the most unlikely of people, say the same words really that God the Father said from the cloud. Remember that? Yep. So it's oh, the, yes. it's yep, the, yep, the yep. Roman soldier, right, standing at the foot of the cross and what does he say after all these things takes place? He says, truly, this man was, well, not a, not the rabbi, not, not a genie in the bottle, not a guru. No, truly, this man was the son of God, right? Um, so the centurion, maybe, maybe the very one who was in charge of making sure Jesus died, uh, he affirms what God the Father said, that this really is the son of God. And, and you know what's neat, Matt, because you just made me think about this. It's also Mark, however, where Jesus from the cross says, My God, my God, yeah. why hast thou oh, forsaken yeah, me? Yeah. So again, for all visible purposes and even in his own feelings, it seems like he's not for that moment the Son of God, but he is the sum and substance of all evil and wickedness and everything that was yeah. wrong yeah. from every person in the world, that punishment now upon him. Yeah, and and, and that's, that's just a beautiful point that... In this glory of the Mount Transfiguration, he is the Son of God. On Mount Calvary, as he's suffering and dying and breathing his last and just looks pitiful and pathetic, he's still the Son of God. Yeah, yeah. It never changes. No, and that, no. that's a beautiful truth. And and it's a truth that's necessary because, you know, no no just a, you know, no genie in a bottle or no political pundit or no guru would ever bring about our salvation or redemption. Only the Son of God can do that. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly who Jesus is. Uh, and, and again, that's why it's so important to be reminded at the Transfiguration, who Jesus is, more than meets the eye, who he is for our lives today as we are so easily tempted to transform him into our likeness uh, and to be reminded of, of that fulfillment and the importance of who Jesus is at the cross itself as the Son of God dies for that soldier, but also for you and for me and for all of our listeners today. 
Yeah, and that's that's the neat thing that everything we're talking about there, he was doing for you and me. We we were the ones that should have been abandoned. And yet, guess what? I just thought, Matt, we're also the ones that God said are His children now. Isn't that beautiful? And see, if, the if, same proclamation yeah. for you and me. So, yeah, this is my beloved sons. Yeah. D- don't forget, we've been transformed too uh, into something that we weren't—children of God, from children of nature to children of God through baptism. Well, thank you, Matt. That beautiful, blessed story of the Transfiguration. And we hope you'll join us again next week on Wrestling Wrestling with with the the Basics. Basics.